Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. All right, guys, what I wanted to do was jump in here a little bit before we get in with the show proper. And the first segment, I I did basically two segments. And I don't remember when I did the first segment, uh, but today's date, for those of you guys that are interested, it is uh, May 15th, 2021. These segments were recorded prior to that. The first segment, I all I had with me was my iPhone and the actual AirPods. And the problem with the AirPods is that, the you know, when you have something that small, you have to give up something and the microphone on there is bad. So, and I thought I could maybe do a little bit better in post. You can hear what I'm saying, but it sounds kind of robotic sometimes. It sounds, uh, you hear a lot of the truck noise and there's, there's a lot of distortion. I did try and fix some of it in post, but there's only so much I can do with it. Uh, I am recording this thing right now using my uh, Rode SmartLav. So we'll kind of see how this is. But anyway, the first segment is around 20 minutes or so. And then I do the second segment, which is about 15 minutes or so. So if you can put up with that first segment, uh, the sound and the audio gets much, much better in the second segment. So... I did kind of want to throw that thing out for you. Also, I think I need to do uh, sort of our contact info. So if you'd like to contact me, I do have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. And the email address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. Firearms Cafe at ProtonMail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And that's where you can feel free to send me your emails or any audio that you've recorded, and I can get it out for for you on the show. Excuse my mumble mouth there. All right. So again, the audio is pretty rough. It's You can understand me, and you can understand everything, uh, but it is rough. So stick with it, and after about 20 minutes, we go into the second segment where it gets a lot better. All right, everybody. I am in the mobile studio for this segment. And I'm actually recording it through my, what do they call them, the AirPods? So we'll see kind of how it does. So I'll speak a little louder. I've also got my water bottle that's going to be rattling around. Anyway, you may or may not hear that in the background. But if you do, it's just an extra little treat for you, I guess. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, on the uh, on the last show, we had talked quite a bit, and on the show before, about some of the 
new legislation that was going to be coming down, and especially some of the stuff out here in Arizona. And most of the bad stuff as well, unfortunately, as most of, I, I think, some of the good stuff has kind of died on the vine, so to speak. But I guess the good news, at least for here, for us out here in Arizona, is that the majority of the bad stuff did did uh, not make it through. However, notwithstanding the fact that the governor did sign a bill into law that basically stated, hey, if uh, if something goes against, if they if they try and pass federal laws which go against the Constitution then uh, we'll be able to, we won't support that, you know, if they want to come in and try and do raids or this, that, and the other thing. Again, I don't really know how much weight that would have. Uh, Are they going to have a standoff where if the ATF says, we're going to raid this place because they have 80% lowers and we've now determined that those are guns and they can't have those and sell them because they don't have serial numbers. Is the governor, if it's Ducey at the time or if it's somebody else, are they going to actually send out the sheriff or the local police or the National Guard to go out and protect those businesses? I think that's a stretch. I think it's more symbolic probably than anything. And I think it is a, uh, a bit of what they, what they used to call saber rattling, that type of thing. When it comes down to maybe the individual being helped out, I, I really just don't think that's going to happen. So let's look at and, and talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I think is going to happen or will, will be maybe floated out there uh, on the federal level. We're already seeing uh, some of the plans that Biden has and and, uh, his administration, I guess I should say. It's probably not all him, uh, but I'm sure if they float up anything to him that's anti-gun, he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, The idea, I I think that they're going through now, and one of the things that, that A Democrat out of, oh, where, I can't remember where it was, where he's from. But basically, he was saying, in a nutshell, well, what we need to do is the tax stamps for a lot of these NFA items aren't commiserate with, uh, you know, inflation. So they haven't really been raised since. 1932 or 31, whatever it was. And his proposal basically is saying, well, if we were to have it go forward up uh, to be today's dollars, is what we would need to do is start increasing it by 50% or whatever every year until we're uh, in, in current monetary value, which would basically be around, I think it's close to $4,000 per tax stamp. And if that happened 
all but the the wealthiest among us, of which I am not included, uh, would have to would would have to pay that. So it would also be the stuff for any other weapon that's usually I think that's only something like a five dollar tax or something that would probably go up to like five hundred. Um, sorry about the car noise. I'm on kind of a rough patch of road. Hopefully I'll get off of it here pretty soon. If you guys can hear it, I'll try and speak a little louder. But, uh, the idea, you know, of doing that would in effect, most people would not be able to afford NFA items of any type. You, 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 can say, well, I can pay an extra 200 bucks. I can save up. And if I want to do that for a short barrel rifle, or if I want to, you know, especially if it's one you're making and maybe you can get some savings in other areas where you're like, well, you know, normally this barrel was a hundred, you know, $200, but I got it on sale for a hundred. So that's half of my tax stamp and some other stuff I'll, you know, be able to save by waiting for sales and other things or using things where it doesn't really make too big of a difference. Um, you know, I can have what I want and get this and it, you know, it'll pretty much be a wash. I'll make, I'll, uh, pay for my tax stamp with my savings, so to speak. So, but nobody really is going to be able to say, I, I can't get $4,000 in savings on a, eight or $900 rifle. It's just, it's not going to happen. And people would say, well, you don't have to have a short barrel rifle. You don't have to have a suppressor, that type of thing. You know, or maybe somebody might say, well, I'm not really interested in having those things, or I I would like to have a short barrel rifle, but I have no interest because it's an NFA item in, um, And given the number one, given the going on a list for sure, and given the government money, right, when they're already taking so much from me in taxes. So, uh, again, like I said, if it was a a $4,000 thing, it would effectively end, again, except for the wealthiest among us, it would end suppressors. It would end short barrel rifles. It would end, uh, and even if you went up to $500, let's say if you wanted to have a short barrel shotgun or any other device type thing, it pretty much would end those. Uh, it would also make it very easy for them to, and this is what I think Biden's big plan is, or again, his administration's big plan is. If he can get... AR-15s, AK-47s, and all the variants thereof, if he can get those classed as NFA items under the ATF, under going, you know, again, going around Congress, going and using bureaucracy to do that, then all they have to do is, and especially if they, if they control the governing body of, uh, of Congress. So if they've got the House and the Senate and they can then say, okay, well, we're going to raise that tax to $4,000. And it's a thing of, 
you're not going to be grandfathered in. It's not like, well, if you already have these things, you don't have to pay them. Or if you already have a tax stamp, well, we can't, we're not going to double charge you. So some of those things probably would be grandfathered in. However, what they would say, and they, and they would probably also do a thing of, well, if you've got a 30 round magazine, we're classifying that as, again, parts of the gun. And this is stuff that they're going to want to do through the ATF. They're going to say all parts of it are parts of the gun. Um, so it would effectively end that stuff. And it's sort of the same thing of, of, you know, like I talked about last time with the lawsuits, it will just be too pricey. You just won't be able to do it. Now, do I think that these things are going to happen? Do I think that that thing is going to, um, to make it, it'll, it'll probably come out of the house. Maybe I don't know because they'll be able to do that. Will it be able to make it through the Senate? I, boy, I don't know. Um, that now the 50% increase, which would go from 200 then to what, uh, 300? That might actually make it. I could see something like that doing it. Although, you know, I, I don't know. Um, again, I, I don't think that bill probably will make it. I think it will die. I think there are too many people that own that rifle that are also Democrats who are not going to, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know how many people that are Democrats that actually own NFA items or want to do NFA item things. Uh, one of the things I do think that they're going to try and do, again, I don't know if it will be successful because this has to go through sort of a bureaucracy type thing. And I think it can be challenged in court. And even if they tried to pass it maybe through Congress, where they would go after the, the braces. Um, again, we can play the if game and had, had Trump really uh, lit a fire under the, the uh, current Republicans and said, hey, let's work on getting short barrel rifles off of the NFA. And just make it to where it's a thing of, oh, you can, it doesn't matter. A rifle is a rifle and, uh, you know, a handgun is a handgun. We're not going to play these silly little games and it doesn't matter what uh, length the barrel is. And if you want to put a stock on a handgun, it's still a handgun. It doesn't matter that it has a stock on it. But again, they didn't do any of that stuff. And the... For me, the only use that the Republican Party has is at least they're not actively trying to take away Second Amendment rights in this country. That's about the only good thing I can say for them. When they have the chance to do stuff and people will apologize for them and make excuses for them. But when they had the actual chance to do stuff and to actually pass laws that would be beneficial and protect people's Second Amendment rights, when they had the chance to do that, they passed on it. They didn't do it. And it, I've spoken about this stuff in the past that it really seems that they like to be the underdog, that they really are only willing to 
put stuff forward when they it's almost like they when they know they can't win so they can say oh i can throw these bills out there there is not a snowball's chance in hell that it is uh it's going to get passed that um there is going to be any real movement or any real support, but Hey, I'll throw this stuff out. Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, a long time ago, we talked about in the past about the political games that get played and where you have, uh, you have Democrats that are allowed to sort of change their votes when, when they know, Oh, it's going to, let's say it's going to pass anyway. Uh, some anti-gun bill was gonna was uh, gonna go through, and they know for sure. Well, that there's no way it's gonna pass. It's, it's gonna it's gonna drop dead, or the opposite. Like I was saying before, let's say that they know some pro-gun bill is gonna pass. They there's no way they can stop it. And previously, they had wanted this Democrat guy to vote no, or they wanted him to vote yes on certain things. And when they see it's not going to go their way, they say, okay, well, it doesn't really matter. So on the second vote or the second read, you go ahead and vote for it because it will help you in your next coming election. So we will let you, we'll give you this favor. And then later on down the road, uh, maybe on something that we need, then that's when you'll stand up for us type thing. So again, all this stuff is, it's a lot of gamesmanship. I am not, and maybe I'm being a little naive, I don't know, but I am not too worried about some of the really extreme stuff. What I am concerned about is what is going to happen in the in the bureaucracies and what is going to happen with the bureaucrats. And if they threaten to get rid of a guy who is the, Maybe the head or, or, or in a secondary position, if he's given up too much flack, they say, hey, you know, we just, we'll just replace you. And we'll make it to where you don't get hired anywhere else. And so guess what? You don't get your pension. Or your pension is severely reduced where if you play ball with us, we'll keep you on for another four or five years. Or we'll keep you on for another two years. You'll retire. And then guess what? You're going to go work for this guy's company who's a major donor. And you'll work for him for five years. You'll get a salary. You'll have a, basically a do-nothing job. You'll get a salary of $250,000 a year. And you'll work for him for five years or whatever. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to kind of bank that money if you want. And we'll help you with investments and all this other stuff. And by the end of that five years, you're going to be able to bankroll this stuff into 4 or $5 million dollars. And you'll be set for the rest of your life. So anyway, I would like to know maybe what you guys think about what is coming down the pipe. I don't know. And I haven't heard much yet about what's going on kind of with the filibuster. We still see a lot of people are stomping around for that. I, it, you know, and it's interesting, too. We've talked a lot about, well, if they're throwing too much at the wall, right? They're, they're, that's kind of their game plan every time. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it all up there. See what sticks. So, and if we get one thing that sticks, that's great. But what happens is, and I guess maybe so that's some of their fatal flaw, 
is they always overreach. And in doing so, they almost ensure that they're going to lose power in a couple of years. And I think that when we look at some of the social programs that they want to push through, and you're seeing a lot of people, and I didn't used to see this very much. You would only see this very rarely, but you're having a lot of you know, people of color or um, that were used used to be counted on as being kind of staunchly Democrat. And a lot of those people in those groups are peeling away. Some of them are becoming conservatives. A lot of them, though, are just saying, you know what, I'm not going to vote Democrat. I might I might go more libertarian or I might, you know, just walk away and maybe I'll give I'll give uh, the Republicans a shot. You know, I, I don't know. There's. Um, but the, the the face of politics is changing in a lot of places. It has changed here. I don't know here in Arizona where I am. I don't know what's going to happen with the uh, Kelly election here uh, coming up with um, with his with his seat in the Senate. Um, Cinema, of course, is safe for what another four years, something like that, and. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Kelly. I think what he is probably going to do is he may continue to lay low over the uh, the next year and a half or whatever, how much time he's got before his election is up. And he may play the moderate card here a little bit. And then once he gets his, if, if he gets reelected, which unfortunately, well, I don't know the way stuff is out here right now. He might. It depends on how much pushback there is. Uh, it may not make that much difference if there is pushback in other states and the Republicans gain just two or three more seats. Then it, it won't pretty much won't matter. I don't know. I would like to see him gone. He is uh, anti-freedom guy. He's anti-gun. He is going down. The road of socialism. One thing I can say for cinema, at least a little bit, is she does not seem to want to be, well, she may have some socialist, a little bit of socialist in her. She doesn't seem to want to be a communist, which seems like a lot of Democrats are, are at least the ones that are getting a lot of play. It seems like that's what they're doing. Uh, but again, things are different than they were 20 years ago. There's a lot of social media stuff out there. And even when they try and silence it, you, you know, it's interesting talking about social media stuff. You see, there's a lot of censorship on Facebook, but even on like TikTok and things like that, you see people that get sort of shadow banned. And if they say the wrong, quote unquote, wrong things politically, a lot of their videos get taken down. They have, it's, it's weird on that app. There is stuff that Two people do the exact same thing, and maybe because person A has some more, well, we won't even say conservative or 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 left, right or left. We'll say maybe this guy has more like freedom oriented stuff, and they'll they'll mute that guy's video or that girl's video. So anyway, all right, I think what I am going to do is bring this uh, segment to a close. This may be a mini show that I dump out. I don't know. We shall see. We'll see how the audio is on it. Hopefully it's not too bad.
Well, hey guys, it has been a couple of weeks since uh, the last segment that you heard. I am back in the mobile studio. The last segment I was talking about uh, maybe some of the political stuff that's going on, and it does seem as if maybe cinema is going to hold her ground. I don't know. It's... uh, there's some, there's some, a lot of political gang, gamesmanship that's going on here. I think there's a lot of pandering to bases that's going on here. And not just, you know, in Arizona, but I mean just in, with, with the Democrats and stuff in general. Would they want to end the filibuster uh, I, and, and be able to push a bunch of stuff through the Senate? I would say, yeah. Would they want to push a bunch of gun control stuff through? I'd say, yeah. I don't know, though, how much somebody like a Pelosi, how much somebody like that. You know, we make jokes about, oh, you know, she's old and she's kind of doesn't know what's going on. But those, you don't get to be sort of a career politician like that without being somewhat cognizant of the game, so to speak. Now, there are some that, because of the way that their districts are set up, they're just, as long as they're running, they're never going to lose. And a, a good example of that is somebody like Maxine Waters, who's basically a potato. Uh, and, and, and look, there's potatoes on the Republican side as well. But somebody like her, she's never going to leave. She'll she'll basically die in office, or she will uh, she'll have some health concern where she re- she retires out or something like that. You know, but it's uh, somebody like that's never going to leave office. So anyway, let's kind of jump back and let's talk about that filibuster. I I don't know what it kind of seems like there's a lot of saber rattling. It seems like there is huh. I don't know. If so the the main holdouts it appears on the Democrat side and it appears it's coming down to two people, I guess. One of them is Cinema from Kirsten Cinema from Arizona where I live. And the other is, uh, is it Joe Manch? Joe Manchin? I think, and I forget where he is, where he is, what state he's from. Uh, but basically, I've heard. I haven't heard as much. I haven't really heard anything. I don't think from cinema. Other, I haven't actually. Well, let me rephrase it this way. I haven't heard her physical speeches I've heard it reported saying that she doesn't want that she is against getting rid of the filibuster but I haven't actually heard her uh, a recording of her actually saying that I have heard stuff from uh, Manchin I think that's who it is who is saying that, well, I don't want to, you know, it's a bad idea to get rid of this. You know, this isn't, you know, and he's saying the filibuster basically is 
set up to, to, to ensure that there's checks and balances so that and that the house is supposed to be this huge hotbed of debate where you know it's and you get contentious things and maybe even kind of uh, sometimes a crazy bill will get out of the house and it comes up to the senate and then the senate is supposed to be no you know this is where we we really kind of stick to the constitution so i don't think he's going to and i think cinema so far at least appears to be somebody who is going to stick to her guns now let's be very very clear she is not a pro-gun person i guess i kind of used the turn of phrase stick to her guns but uh, no pun intended she's not really a a pro-gun person i you know she had run on the thing as a moderate democrat and so far with the majority of stuff that I've seen, that's what she's doing. And we had talked about on the show previously, on, on previous episodes, you know, why why would it matter to you who live in New Mexico or to you who lives in Georgia or whatever, or Texas? Why would you care whether we have a Democrat senator or not? And we're seeing now some of the importance of that. You know, we... The uh, balance of the Senate is right now. It's it's uh, because of the vice president being able to break any tie. Uh, it's important that you have people in there who would at least, even if it's kind of lip service a little bit, but if if they'll stand up for the you know for the rules of the Constitution and for the Bill of Rights. And if they'll say, no, we're not going to get rid of this because if we do, you know, if we get rid of this uh, filibuster, it's just going to be ramrodded through everything under the sun. So it will be interesting to see. I don't know. And I'm wondering if if this year they'll kind of let it slide and then next year they'll really start to push stuff through. Or if a lot of this stuff, like I said earlier, I, is it gamesmanship? Is this a lot of pandering to the base where they don't really, the main leadership doesn't really want, on the Democratic side, doesn't really want the filibuster to end? And they're just kind of throwing this stuff out, maybe as a little bit of political cover for something else. You know, if we're so worried about the filibuster going away, Maybe you won't be worried about all these spending bills that we want. Uh, and I'm not going to really get into that, but holy cow, the amount of money that they're wanting to spend is insane. Uh, anyway, I, um, I kind of don't think that the filibuster is going to go away. There's also, you know, stuff... That McConnell, I think it was McConnell, had said that, hey, if you if you guys pass this thing through and you ram this stuff through, when this stuff changes, and it probably will change at, at the midterm election, so in uh, 2022, we're going to push through a bunch of stuff that you're not going to like because we're going to be taking back 
we'll take back the Senate. And when we do that, you know, we're going to... And the funny thing was, and I actually spoke about before that, uh, I actually heard... Manchin say those things, and I actually heard McConnell say the things. I, you know, he was saying that we'll push through, you know, basically all this pro-gun stuff, like national concealed carry, all this other stuff, and which means, you know, they could have done it a long time ago. So, uh, again, they are, and this is nothing new. They're both sides are using uh, either the promise of certain rights being not granted but certain rights maybe they're not gonna they're not gonna fight to take them away from you uh, or they're gonna recognize them they're really gonna go out and recognize them uh, or certain things of where they're gonna they're gonna strike down unjust uh, legislation and give you more freedom it's it's all just a game. It's a way to sort of keep uh, I don't, uh, keep advantage, some advantage cards, I guess, that they can play and lay down on the table when they need to, uh, to keep themselves in power. So anyway, that's I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this just because the, from some of the stuff that I've seen unfold, with the especially with the filibuster, I don't think right now. I think that the Republicans all they have to do is just do stalling tactics or delay tactics, and they're fine. Uh, they don't have to push anything through. So again, it works to their advantage right now. And like I've said before, and like I said earlier in the show, they don't really want to do anything when when they have the power. They don't do anything. They want to sort of be seen maybe as the underdog and the person where they they were going to push this stuff through and we fought, you know, we fought for you. Now, also, with a lot of these actual senators, the way that the, the, the retirement works for these guys is that once you're in office for six years, and this is both for the House and for the Senate, but once you're in office for six years, then you get that... Uh, you get a retirement, you get a pension from them forever. So if you're, if you get a, a, a seat in the Senate, I don't know, you don't, I don't think you get your full salary, but you get like, it's like 85% or something. And I could be wrong on the numbers, but I think that's when I, when I last looked it up, that's basically the way that it was set up is after you are in there for six years or was it five? Was it five years? It was either five or six. And I thought that was interesting that, oh, well, yeah, that's why you're going to have a term for six years. Because then you're guaranteed. It may be five. I think it's, maybe it was five. I have to look it up again, and I I don't want to do that since I'm driving around. Uh, But anyway, so somebody like Cinema, right? She won her race and she will be there for six years barring any type of you know health issue or something like that so she is in theory even if she got booted out they can't really hold something like oh you're not going to get a pension over her head as opposed to somebody if you're in the house 
and you've got to say, well, shoot, I need to win. I've won my first seat, so now i got to win at least two more times uh, to get up into that five-year range to be able to have uh, a percentage of my salary for the rest of my life, basically forever. So um, it will be interesting to see, again, this with this midterm election, we're going to have Kelly will be up because his is a special position. I hope that we can get him out uh, because Trump is not in office. I think that it wouldn't be hard to and he's to run against him and to do it easily. Is, is somebody like McSally going to come back into every race that she's run? She's lost pretty much. You know, she only got into the Senate through, through special appointment. Is somebody like Doug Ducey, our governor, is he going to want to run uh, to try and get into the Senate? And, you know, uh, so I don't know. It wouldn't be hard, though, with the amount of uh, spending and the amount of crazy stuff that the Democrats are doing. It wouldn't be hard for somebody out here in Arizona uh, to run against Kelly. Kelly is kind of staying quiet, but he, man, he is super anti-gun. And he will always be an anti-gun vote. Always, always, always. He'll never, ever, ever vote pro-gun on anything. And I'm not saying that cinema is would either, but I think there would at least be a chance of her sort of sticking, you know, sticking to her guns, so to speak, so. All right, uh, I think we're going to call the show to a close. If you'd like to contact me, you can give me a call at the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731, or you can send in your own audio or an email to firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All right, I will see you guys. I'll see you. I'll talk to you guys next time. Man, 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 I'm not gonna get home. Black coffee, I'm so dizzy. Black coffee, please get dizzy. Oh, 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 oh,
I'm not gonna get home. 